Within this series of the Deep Place podcast, we have been engaging, beginning to really think through what does it look like for um, you, the wonderful listeners of this podcast, to take creativity and to intentionally, uh, within your own practice, within your own creative practice and your own creative process, what does it look like for you uh, to engage out of a deepness, out of, this is the Deep Place podcast, and we had been talking about the stories of, of um, people who have used creativity within their life and gotten through things. We've done lots of different interviews, and and, and we really wanted to tap into, uh, over this series, um, how can you um, tap into the creative process, tap into the deep place within your creative process, and then also how can you actually bring that out into the world uh, through our creativity in a way that doesn't freak the hell out of people uh, and and make them um, slightly scared. <laughs> um, and so uh, I have the, the absolute joy of welcoming uh, my friend, Grace today. Grace, do you want to say hi? And then I'm going to say a few words about you. Hello. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Is that good? That was really good. You're killing it, guys. Sorry to deafen you with Grace's laughter right there. But that's the kind of person that Grace is, full of laughter and beans. So um, I've been working the last like six months um, mm. quite intensely with Grace to um, bring together um, a different podcast, uh, which is for a an aid and development organisation that I'm the artist ambassador for, Tear Fund. Um, who it's kind of a, a Christian based um, podcast reflecting on the lives of people's stories from throughout the world. And Grace and I have been tapping into that and and doing that together, hosting that. But one of the beautiful things as well that we got to do was listen and engage with these stories from really amazing people around the world and and to translate their stories into poetry and um i've had the the joy of working uh, with grace over this six months and have truly seen her tap into a deep place within her as we've gone through this process which has been so wonderful to see mm. um and not an easy journey <laughs> it was a walk in the park it was a walk in the park so easy <laughs> So um, I want to I want to really let's get in and chat about that today. Mm, yeah. Welcome to the deep place on creativity and spirituality. Friends, you are listening to season three of the Deep Place podcast, and in this season we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, let's go. The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Aunty Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. Friends, welcome to episode three of the Deep Place podcast for season three. Uh, we've got our first interview today. It's with Grace Naum, a dear friend of mine. There's really stunning stuff within this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear about it. Um, and, and I want to let you know as well, I'm, I'm going to be chatting about this a little bit more on the podcast that um, one of the things if you love this podcast if you're interested and want to want to engage more with it I've actually bought this season of the podcast as well as three other modules together so four modules which is like it's something ridiculous, like 50 hours of teaching um, all together as the School for Creative Development. Not only is it teaching, though, it's a community of people coming together to work out how do we actually live this stuff out, all the stuff that we do talk about on the Deep Place podcast. Um, so it's called the School for Creative Development. And as a, as a learning cohort, we're actually going through, um, we're, we're starting in 2023, uh, the start of 2023, going through this third season of the Deep Place podcast 
Um, we're going to have Zoom gatherings. There's a whole workbook related to this podcast. So you can listen along to the podcast and do a workbook to help you work out what it looks like in your actual personal creative life. So please go and have a look at that at schoolforcreativedevelopment.com or at joelmacero.com. Um, I'd love to have you. It's a beautiful community. I'd love to have you jump on board with that. But for now, let's get into the interview with Grace Naomi. Grace Naum is a dramatist, a drama uh, teacher, a um, theatre person. <laughs> this turned into a woeful introduction. Who are you, Grace? Can um, you tell uh, the deep place people who you are? I'm an actor, an acting coach and a writer. That's great. That's mm. much more concise and, <laughs> and succinct than I was saying. Um, we, we, we're chatting here and the reason I've got Grace on, as you just heard before, is we've been doing some wonderful work together. Um, and I wanted to talk through that. Um, I wanted to talk through, um, Grace's own creative, uh, process within that, etc., etc. It's so good to have you on the deep place, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. So your life is acting and mm. writing and beginning to claim writing and say, I am a writer. Yeah. Um, how yeah. did you get into acting world before? we get into all the goodness of process etc oh goodness uh i studied at the actor center um in sydney and then the rest is history <laughs> why maybe the better question is why why did you get into acting that's a better question than how. oh man um i really believe in the importance of storytelling uh yeah. the I, I think storytelling like like nothing else makes people feel less alone in the world mm. and um, it really increases one's sense of empathy. And I just think there's never enough empathy in the world. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And also just I, as a kid, just felt always the need to express myself. I, I myself, I love myself. Wow. There's a few of me. <laughs> Keeps it interesting. Well, that's what acting is, isn't it? Just jumping between your different yeah, exactly. personas. Um, yeah, and I love, yeah, I love words. So I, I, oh, I just love it. I yeah. love it all. <laughs> Can we pick up on the idea of personas, mm, by the way? Just sure. To, well, let's start there. Yeah. Because so much, I think so much of acting when I... What a what a novice, what a someone looking in from the outside is like, oh, this person who's an actor, um, mm. they're just choosing to be other people because they're too afraid to like to not too afraid to be themselves or they're just covering up who they are and they yeah. and they lose themselves in the people that they are portraying. Yes. Um, like, I don't know if you've come across that, but you, it feels like you, and it actually feels like most of the actors that I talk to, yeah. actually it's very different, but that's from the outside perspective, that's what it looked like. Can you yeah. tell me about that? Are you escaping into some other persona to escape your own crap? No, definitely not. And I think it has been interesting over the couple of years that I've been coaching um having a few students in my classes who you can tell that their deep desire within um engaging in this craft is to escape mm. um and yeah you just don't it's actually it's actually um when you're taking on a character you're listening to their circumstances, you're listening to their past, doing all the research that you can, mm. and then thinking, what would it be like if this were me? And so it's about really becoming curious about your own perspective of what this person is going through. Um, when you're auditioning for something, the casting agent has picked you and they want your interpretation of the character. And so it means being being honest, like acting is essentially responding truthfully to given circumstances or to imagine circumstances. And the key word there is truthful. And so what is your truthful response to what this person is going through? It, it's so 
um, it's, it is absolutely defined by you, by you, by what you are bringing to the role. So it's, I mean, it sounds like it's actually the very opposite of, yeah. of escapism. It's yeah. not escaping from the truth of who you are. You've actually got to press into and lean into the truth of who you are if you're going to truthfully portray someone else yeah is that right absolutely and you can never judge the character you always have to be justifying the decisions that they make the moment you start judging the character you'll you'll detach yourself from them wow okay so so as you're seeking to learn the truth of this character Mm. you actually have to um step aside from uh from like a judgmental perspective for sure or that becomes your way of whole of i don't know holding them at arm's length or yeah pushing, and or pushing it away from your the trueness of you like yes and you're more likely to um perform a 2d kind of character huh. because um you're placing judgment on them um you might create a more stereotypical character for example Mm. um if i'm told that i'm playing the villain in batman if i just place all my judgments around what that villain is he's selfish he's power hungry then i'm going to create a very 2d character whereas if i go into the backstory of what kind of trauma he went through as a child and really find his fear, find what makes him tick, find what deep down he wants the most that he's probably not been able to express in his life, then you're going to create a much more complex, believable, intriguing character. Wow. Um, That must cost you, like in the sense of to to allow yourself to feel the feelings that this character um, feels, Mm. to put yourself in some sense in their shoes Mm. to say, if this was me in this circumstance who had this, um, this background and this story um, like that, that for you to authentically portray a character demands a lot from you. Yeah, I mean, it it is a beautiful thing too, though, because, uh, yeah, it's both. Because, I mean, when you you, uh, take on a role, I like to think that every time I take on a role... Um, I, I leave the role a little bit different, Hmm. like what a beautiful opportunity to tap into what life is like, what the everyday is like for somebody else. Um, and so that's beautiful. Hmm. Um, it is really important to have debriefing, um, kind of rituals in place. And Hmm. for me, um, that is uh, journaling. Mm. Um, I need to, and as someone with a faith, it, it's prayer journaling. It's um, it's saying to God, "Wow, like what happened to this person?" Like obviously, if it's a um, if it's a true story, what what happened to this person is truly shit. And yeah, yeah. Um, and like how can it be God and just really sitting, um, in that asking him questions. Um, and, and I think also like, I believe in an empathetic God. I believe in a God who, who weeps with this person's story, but who also is so for this story being Mm. told, um, for people hearing the story. And so, yeah, I think that's a really helpful process for me. A few quick words from our sponsorinos. Sponsorinos, what the heck is that? Um, from our wonderful people who choose to support this uh, podcast, like The Practice Co. Um, the Practice Co. are such a fantastic, wonderful group of people. Um, the app that you can download from them gives you like daily reflections on life. It says this, slow down, live more intentionally. Stay connected to your body. Daily devotionals that are holistic, inclusive, and cliche-free. Faith and spirituality was always meant to be connective, leading you to your truest self, not away from it. 
you're someone who needs a bout of good spirituality journey teaching, then go to thepracticeco.com. that you can keep on engaging with the content that you're hearing through the Deep Place podcast uh, is you can actually study this at an accredited online university at both at undergraduate and postgraduate level. You can get credit for, for learning this stuff. Uh, it's a whole lot of what I go through on the Deep Place podcast. I also take and bring into but, but with a whole lot more as well into a creativity and spirituality unit that I do with ACOM, the Australian College of Ministry. Um, it's a, an online college from a Christian perspective. If, if you are from that kind of faith tradition and you want to reflect on this more, then you can go along and have a look at acom.edu.au and shoot them an email and, and let them know that you are interested. People talk about the different um, ways that people act and one of them is method acting and then mm. there's all that kind of thing. Is it is it method acting that you're talking about? It's, it sounds similar but different. Yeah. Well, can I, you just how, – how do you – maybe I'm asking what's your acting process to tap into this without maybe – because I can imagine method acting would – could deeply affect you in your own personal life exactly and I I think you in my conversations with you have much more boundaries around that what does your acting process look like to take you to these deep places of feeling deep things but not having it shatter your life yes (laughs) my life is not shattered how good um or shat on (laughs) that's a different thing um yes uh, I, I'm very person first and then actor first. And so, uh, person first. Yeah. I like in the, for me, it's like, what, what do you do in the everyday that enables you, um, t- sustainability within your creative, uh, practice within your creative career? Yeah. I, and I go back to, to journaling, hmm. um, it's it's meeting with myself every day and meeting with a God that I believe in being really honest by the end of those two or three pages I've gotten to the heart of what I'm scared about what mm. I'm anxious about what I'm stoked about um, and I feel like I have acknowledged where I'm at and I think in the practice of that you're really respecting your own story mm. and so then when you're looking um, and, and listening to someone else's story, I have a deeper curiosity and a better sense of presence because I've been present with myself. Um, and so, yeah. And it, it enables me to go deeper into the characters because like, yeah, because I've respected where I'm at, um, each day and I'm in touch with myself yeah so I think that's so important I and and I've like acting is a hard industry because it can be so lonely and you can be just darting from one audition to the next and so if you are not um putting aside time for you whatever that is whether it's going for a run and just expressing and getting out the crap and Mm. running as fast as your mind is running then then you're becoming the imagery that comes to mind is an empty bottle Mm. a beautiful body Mm. bottle but an empty one yeah Mm. i don't know if i answered your question no that's it no you totally did i i'm just i'm caught by that um, image of the empty bottle and it feels like um, it feels like the 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 writing the journaling the expression mm. one it's it's I don't know writing I'm just I just pictured like an a, an empty bottle but now with like a an SOS <laughs> you know that's used to send the bottles floating out on the ocean that's what's in my brain um, 
Because it really, the process of doing what you're doing really is a way to, in some way, send out an SOS, but to to check in with yourself. Mm. And in doing so, what I hear you saying is you're actually allowing, it allows you to go deeper into the character because it also helps you to separate yourself from the character. Yes. Like to ground yourself in who you are and mm. say and and do the intentional self-reflection that that journaling and that as you said prayer journaling connecting that to the divine. Yeah. Um it, it allows you to um step into your own and it's only by stepping into your own, it sounds like, that you can then truly authentically step into the shoes of the other. Absolutely. And I think it's so easy in the age of social media and just, I think, in the unrealistic pressures of our society to want, in whatever art form you're engaged in, to create something perfect, to only put forward the best. Mm. But what a, what a shame and what a mm. grief to bypass your own natural perspective, your own impulses, because you're so concerned with what is the right response. Oh, yeah. And so by through journaling in the day-to-day, I'm gaining more of a respect and a curiosity about my own interpretation to things. Mm. And I'm, I don't think that it's just... Um, I don't think it's unrelated that when I started journaling more, I started booking more work as well. Right. Because I think I grew in a sense of confidence um, in my own story, in myself generally. Um, and and so I didn't – I no longer needed these jobs. Like it wasn't as much a part of my worth um, as it used to be. Mm. I really like that. I love that connection at the end there, that it wasn't so much a part of your worth as it used to be, that you found your worth in uh, not maybe in the um, in the response from other people towards your character, in mm. the response from other people towards the whatever you're playing, um, film or TV or... Or yeah. a goose on an ad, uh, yeah, a TV look, advertisement. Yeah, the thing that I'm was most probably the proud deepest, of. Yeah. The deepest. Oh, definitely. Speaking that of I've the deepest. You acting was that goose on the. Were you crying paint, by the end of the on ad? The paint ad. I was. I was weeping. That was the girl. I was actually weeping in laughter. <laughs> 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 BBC. What? No. What paints was it? Some paints. Uh, British paints. British guys. paints. Look up British paints. Yeah. I'm sure there's an ad somewhere there. You see. Uh, it's our sponsor see, for this <laughs> this episode. See Grace being a goose. <laughs> Someone gives you a script Mm. and the script is full on. Yeah. What's your first, like, what's your first thing? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're a cat also as well as a goose. I like that. That's (laughs) it. Um, I'm excited. Right. I'm excited. Um, What do I do first? Yeah. How do you tap into that character? The most important thing, um, and I, I'm assuming this is an audition. Yeah. Your your quick response is quick. Learn the lines as fast yeah, as you yeah. can because usually you've got what three four days to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's actually really important. I've found um, to go through and find the circumstances. Uh, that the character is dealing with, what has been in their past and really creating for yourself those memories in detail and using the five senses in order to do that mm. or Google the experience. Yeah. Oh, I love Goo- yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Google, right? Google. I love uh- Google. <laughs> also sponsored by Google this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> they need it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if it's a... Um, if it's a story uh, that is centered around a, a historical event, then um, what can you find on YouTube right. to really ground yourself um, in the details of that? The body responds so beautifully to what what was the character smelling? What was the oh. character hearing when the event took place? For example, if we're watching um, a house burn down what is it what is it 
feel like to to hear the front door smashing um, onto the ground, to hear glass smashing, mm-hmm. um, the the thick smoke like that you're inhaling into your lungs. Those types of things, you're not mapping out what you're going to feel emotionally from one line to the next. If you map out what is the character experiencing mm. with your five senses, the emotional response is going to come automatically. Wow. And so and so let that come. I, when I'm coaching, I talk about create a playground for yourself of of given circumstances and the five senses within that and then just play Hmm. let it come Hmm. because then then it will be truthful um and so sorry i feel like i I went around around but creating those memories creating the given circumstances and then learning the lines because then it's actually come um you're doing it in chronological order because the character this has all happened for the character and then they're talking about it it Mm. just feels more natural more authentic as a way of preparing to learn the lines last that Mm. also means that you need to do that um, prep work quickly as soon as you get the script in order to start learning the lines so that you know them off the by the uh what's the what's the um saying by the back back of of your hand hand, like you know know the back of your hand yes it's i mean it's the same with performance poetry as if i can um if I can memorize my words mm. and get it to the point where um, I don't have to think about what's coming out, but I can, mm. that's the point where I can be so present mm. to the feeling of what, like to feel the words as they come out rather than trying to remember. Yes. Um, and, and obviously acting is based in memory work as well, remembering those lines, but then remembering it then gives you the freedom to explore. Totally. Like to play in that playground that you're talking about. Exactly. And I think a big thing and probably um, a big difference with performance poetry and acting yeah. is um, making sure you've done that prep work because then you are speaking to someone specific and being able to be so present with that person, not only just listening to the dialogue that's coming out of their mouth, but the way that they're saying it. So much of uh, film acting is storytelling through the eyes you are listening to the other person on a holistic level Mm. um and in order to do that you have you have got to do the prep work that enables you to be present Mm. what i love about this is you're flipping it you're flipping it on its head you're flipping it um (laughs) flipping it on its head like it's a Egg. What egg, is that? Egg, egg, <laughs> an egg flipper. Oh, that was. You can tell that I'm a poet and I'm really good with my words. Um, what I'm loving is you are flipping it on its head. That um, so often we think about um, to go deeper. If we're talking about the deep place and in our creative process, how to go to that deep place? We often mm. like you'll hear the just go deeper into your emotions, man. Like just Ooh. tap into the emotions of it. Yeah. And then and we, what we think is at the surface level is the physicality. At the surface level is our five senses where we engage with the world. But you're actually flopping that around mm. and saying no, 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 no. The way that we go deeper into the emotion of our character as a dramatist um, of as into our creative work is not to see the surface level as like not to see materiality as the surface level not to see our senses our our engagement with our five senses at just surface level Mm. but actually that's that's what takes you deeper it's the trigger is the trigger the specificity that we go to in our five senses within our creative work then triggers the emotional response that brings the deepness is that is that absolutely absolutely and with specificity comes universality oh did i get there Um, (laughs) um yeah the more specific you are around what the character is going through Mm. um the more accessible it is um 
when you see it as the character, when you see the memory um, of whatever you're talking about, then the audience will see it as well. On my first day of drama school, um, one of the coaches said, don't be captivating, be captivated. Wow. Be captivated by um, what the character is talking about and only then Will you be captivating? Ah, oh, that genius. That's really good. Who was Sam your teacher? Haft. Sam Thank Haft. Thank you. Good yeah. one, Sam Haft. What a legend. I really love that. Don't be captivating. Mm. Be captivated yes. by what your character was captivated by in that moment. And then you will be captivating. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. And and beautiful in terms of, I think, any any creative, like not just acting, but any create to bring that, to transpose that like into performance poetry land. Yes. Don't seek to amaze people. Yeah. Like, be amazed by the content and the heart of what you are expressing. Mm. And in your amazement, that's when people will be amazed. Yes. Yeah. And just the beauty of not being out of control how it's going to hit, how it's going to land in the audience. Like every person has had their own life story that is completely different to yours. And so, yeah, the joy and the wonder of not being able to control this story, Mm. this interpretation. And, And I think also when you are truly present with your audience, with the other character, every performance will then come out slightly differently because you are being changed not yeah again not by what the person is saying but how they're saying it so you um you've done both film and like tv screen-based stuff and also theatrical based on a stage you worked with uh glockenspiel productions yes the wonderful Haley mcqueen who i who uh, will be on this show i just i, yes. I think i've asked oh, her great. and just haven't got around to actually and yannick laurie and yannick, two yeah. legends do beautiful amazing things you were the um the talent you were the talent on there um one of them uh, yeah molly which, molly sweeney molly sweeney that's right can mm. you speak to does it does it change that um, like what you said, like it kind of changes every night. How does it change moving from screen to theatre? Like, is it easier to to tap into authentic emotion in the theatre because yeah, there's probably question. that heightened adrenaline in some sense that you've got a whole bunch of people and there's no cuts and can't yeah. rewind and go again. Like this is you're you've got to be one hit wonder um, and run with it. How does that change your engagement with? Yeah, great question. I think the first thing is that everything happens in chronological order, which is so lovely and um, and often not the way with film. Um, and uh, so yeah. that's that's a beautiful thing. So in film, you might be like at the climax when you're shooting on day one yeah. and having to weep because you've just <laughs> about died. Yeah, but you then, haven't experienced but that. But you don't know. Yeah, wow. So, that's hard. That's yeah. Oh, look, we're legends. Like, you, know, you are. <laughs> you truly are legends. And so theatre then, what's the joy of theatre? Oh, man. Um, the joy of theatre. Okay. My favourite moment mm. is, and it is rare when you really feel it, um, you are so engaged with what the character is experiencing when you're so present Mm. and you just there's this moment where you where it feels as though everybody in the audience is like is picturing what you're picturing and this beautiful Mm. united feeling that that we're all in this together that we're all empathizing with this story wow it's, and I think that as humans, we just get such a thrill from unity. Like, man, I want to join a choir because mm. it just like, it, it's that unity voices together, harmonizing, mm. whatever. And, and I feel like that's, that's a, a choir moment, mm. um, in the theater. Um, yeah. Oh, what else do I love about theater? Oh, yeah. The immediacy of it, the yeah. beauty of comedy as well. And, and also the comic moments within a drama yeah. are, are just so important. 
Um, and when you can make an audience laugh um, at the at the start um, of a show, yeah. then they're way more likely to come with you through to the end. To weep at the end. And to, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's what we want. We want you weeping. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and so... Uh, to, to feel the audience coming with you yeah. and to have that responsibility and challenge mm. and, and you fail sometimes and it and it hurts. And yeah. I think that that can be the really hard thing about theater is that when you realize you haven't been present in the first mm. scene and then to not live in the past of the yeah, yeah. of the previous scene yeah. and and still you're just chasing yourself trying to become present and just leave what happened yeah. in the past. Is there moments where um you <laughs> want to stop the show and be like, can we just can we just go again? <laughs> can we just rewind, please, everybody? Yes. What's the cause because I know, because it's the same as performance poetry, I know that one night mm. it feels like exactly what you're saying, the audience is with you. It's like on fire. It's like this beautiful, yeah. sacred moment. We're there, we're present. The next night I can do the same poetry almost in a, the same way Yeah. and the magic isn't there. Yeah. What's the magic? <laughs> what do you, can, do you know what I mean? What is that? Yeah, absolutely. How, or how to tap into that? Well, I think... One thing is, um, so you have this amazing performance where like you feel like you've given such an honest performance and yeah, the audience is with you to then, to then see that performance for what it is, it will never be again. And Mm. that's sad, but it's also beautiful. Mm. And then tomorrow night is an opportunity for it to be something slightly different, you know? And, um, I think I think in that, for me, it speaks to a lack of trust and confidence when I'm like, no, I just want to repeat that performance because I think there's an underlying belief that I can't do any differently, that it just has to be what it was last night, but that is not the case. Mm. And so I think the important thing is to go back to the detail of the script, keep... um, keep looking into the five senses because what affected you last night you've now expressed you've now you've inhaled um that uh stimulus and then exhaled it in the performance and so maybe you need something different maybe you need to tap into something else um to then be re-inspired to say what you want to say that's so good and so if you keep wanting what was last night you're going to miss it for this night absolutely and it kind of becomes like and and i've been there it comes about the actor's ego i want to repeat what i've just done and so the the actor's desire overwhelms the character's desire wow okay so partly it is a um as your surrendering Mm. this creative moment it's a surrendering of um it's a surrendering to as you said before to the audience like it's no longer your thing Mm. they're bringing all of their selves to it yes and it's a surrendering of um what you want to happen yeah to an in the surrendering moment that's actually what paves the way for something beautiful to happen. Yeah. Like what do you have to surrender um, in those hours before a performance in order to be most present to the Mm. other character, to the story, and to the audience as well? Wow. Um, Yeah. You are not only an actor, um, you're, you're a writer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why that response? I'm still scared of writing, but yeah. I've, I've grown a lot thanks to, thanks to Joel. Um, guys, I, I totally recommend <laughs> facing, like I really faced, some deep fears i've ever since i was a kid i've had a real fear of not being smart enough and and writing for me is that 
frightening thing that will prove to everybody or um, to finally show everyone that um, I'm a fraud kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it was a beautiful thing to to write those pieces for um, for Tear Fund and, and write with Joel because um, I, like in the day today and the fear of that in the mundaneness in the uncertainty of whether I can do this or not mm. like you live through it we did it in the end yeah and everything is okay, we did. okay. you're okay you're okay <laughs> yeah we did and in fact I'm going to play one of those poems right now and mm. you can see friends well you can hear as you listen to this that indeed Grace did it like faced her fears and that fear of not being good enough, of not being smart enough. Mm. Like, listen to this and then tell Grace she's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, though, that, uh, like, my fear, part of my fear came out of feeling um, a sense of imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so um, in respecting the people who... Um, we were um, whose story we were representing. It was just so important to um, distill what is a universal emotion that they're experiencing. For example, fear, mm. and then how does that? How does fear play out in my own life? Mm. And so, yeah, empathizing with their story and then getting honest about my own, because again specificity creates universality i don't know that word Universe, but you, universal reality yeah 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 that one that one guys but, that one <laughs> listen to the poem fear the darkened cloud that wraps itself around the earth from australia to rajasthan from this heart to his heart fear has an incredible fluidity like a shadow, it can slip through cracks and hover in the most undiscovered places. I cannot pick up my shadow, and I cannot pick up my fear. It's more sensitive than my heart. It's quicker than my mind, stronger than my body. Fear has me wandering through a cemetery of opportunities before mine have even been buried. It has me sitting in my childhood backyard looking for the barefooted girl whose imagination had her wildly dancing around the yard. I want to set my words free, my wonder free, my voice free, but this shadow, it distorts my vision, impairs my listening, and I'm distracted by the dark. So I fumble about with self-doubt and apologize my way to the floor till I'm lying thin as the shadow next to me. Fear, the darkened cloud that wraps itself around the earth, from Australia to Rajasthan, from this heart to his heart. Ramlal is a farmer and a father, and such things are not easy in the best of times, but Ramlal is living through the worst. In harsh conditions of unpredictable weather and scarce water, shadow is the darkest of friends. It's weightless, but how it pulls on the heart of a man simply longing to feed his family. He and his son spend months away from the family just to make ends meet. And when he's home, Ramlal has to travel over two kilometers just to get drinking water. He stretches himself to breaking as shadow stretches over dry land. He's pressed down, face to the ground. He lies there, thin as the shadow next to him. A different world to my own, a different ground beneath. But shadow pervades us both in different shades and shapes. But there is something as fluid as fear, like light can slip through cracks and live and breathe in the most undiscovered places. Love. It sounds like a band-aid, but it can heal the ocean floor wounds that alone we can't reach, where only shadows have been. 
In 2017, Rumlow and his family's lives changed forever. A project, a helping hand, hope renewed, a dried well that now holds water, crops growing, cattle rearing for their livelihood. No longer having to travel, Rumlow works the land. A child about to become a teacher? The future is clearer, lighter. A new morning starts to warm the darkest places and Rumlow's shadow begins to waste away. From Rajasthan back to Australia, from his heart to this heart. I cannot fix my fear on my own. I hate that. I'm on the floor, I've been there for years, trying to fix my fear before anyone sees the depth and brevity of it. And I'm tired. I cannot pick up a shadow, and I cannot pick up my fear, not on my own. And it's in finally accepting that, that you and I, we begin to pick it up together. I'm so embarrassed, blushed by the weight and shape of it, but you are unmoved. You hold it close to you as you do the best of me. You don't apologize for any part of me. The process is messy and mundane and long. It's disarming to be fully seen and continually, utterly desired. Disarming and freeing. Love. It's that light that breaks through night and clouds and rain and warms our faces from Australia all the way to Rajasthan. It's beautiful, Grace. Like, you have such a stunning ability um, to do, I think, what poetry is meant to do and to do what writing is is meant to do, to draw truth out of, um, out of experience, out of both your own experience and the experience, the honour of listening and hearing these people's stories and, and kind of finding, like you said, universality, finding that universal... Um, archetypal truth that thing we wrestle with and struggle with um, drawing that it's kind of draw in some ways it's beautiful in the sense of it's almost like drawing two stories together mm, who and, are so different yeah so who are different. so different which creates beautiful empathy which does all the things that you're talking about that acting does as well like mm. that empathetic curiosity mm. is so evident within um within this writing process that we did together so evident within these poems that you were able to again do uh, I love the connection like between this writing process and the acting process that you go to that you were with with the acting you were connecting to um, the experiences and the story of the character that you're portraying and mm. then connecting to your own experience and story and bringing those two things together and it and it sounds like what you've done here in this writing process is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And the importance of honesty, like I just feel so passionate about stories and experiences that draw upon fear, shame, those things that maybe we don't feel okay to talk about in the day-to-day. But I love that moment when you're watching a film and someone articulates something that you've been feeling but maybe not have had the time or the opportunity to articulate it yourself Mm. and suddenly you feel less alone in the world Mm. you might feel less shame in the world because because this person is obviously going through something Mm. a little bit similar Mm. um i love that moment and and i guess that's like bringing it back like storytelling makes people feel less alone and that is just so like it's so important and beautiful Mm. when we did this together um was really easy like you nailed it within just first one hit one not one hit first first try first go you just did it all easy done yeah totally what's next (laughs) 
or not, or maybe that was not the case. Um, that was not the case. Um, tell it. Tell me about that process. Mm. Like there were moments of tears. There yeah. were moments of frustration. Tell tell me. Tell the audience. Absolutely. What, what was that? What were you hitting? I fear that I'm not enough. Yeah. I fear that I'm not good enough, smart enough, and and that I'm just a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. Um, and I think the beautiful thing of having to really unpack what does uncertainty look like in my own life? Um, yeah. Because that's what Rodafina was experiencing um, within that first poem. And mm. what does fear look like in my own life as Ramlal was experiencing in the mm. second poem? Man, to to really sit and articulate and and again it was me just journaling and then asterixing stuff that I want to put into the poem and asterixing that's now a verb um um, questions that I had about life and some stuff took my breath away Mm. and and there are moments when I'm like oh wow that's that's now in a poem, that deep <laughs> truth that of deep, mine. That deep truth that I've been carrying for my whole life. Now everybody knows. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I believe it's so worthwhile because, because if I'm feeling it, I believe that yeah. other people are feeling it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's a beautiful thing in living in the question mark of – like questions of identity and just sitting in the question mark of that rather than having to come to quick conclusions simply to feel more okay with the world from the day to day. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the poetry triggered more journaling that, um, enabled me to become clearer around the deep place within me Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. um that then enabled me that then gave me the confidence um to write about somebody else's story and also um the self-validation that my story matters because Uh. I, i have a tendency and to be honest it really was clear to me listening back to um, some of the episodes. I haven't listened to all of them, but um, of the upside down world, I have a tendency and I am frustrated by it to be in awe of other people, mm. but then to not respect my own perspective or, or my own story. And I hate that because I'm so, I'm so freaking interesting. <laughs> no, but I mean, everybody is. And so. But you don't have to clarify with everybody is cause you are, and you can own that. Yeah. yeah. But, but even hearing that now there's a yeah. massive impulse to be like, no, 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 yeah, no I'm not. That's why you justified and said, but everybody is, but actually you're talking about you. Yeah. And you are owning that you are interesting. Not that you have nothing to say. Yeah. Not that you are not smart. But actually, you are interesting. Yes, that's a beautiful thing to own. <laughs> and I think it's a, I think it's a life journey. And I guess in this moment, I want, I want to clarify that even now, um, with with auditions, with booking work, like it will always be um, a muscle that I need to keep working yeah. on to not find my worth um, in in being a working actor, Mm -hmm. um, finding my, like deciding what defines my worth, um, and really pressing into that. What are my values? Mm. What am I passionate about? What is meaningful Mm. and, and what am I good at? Mm. And really spending time in really dissecting what are my strengths so that you can waste time so that you can not waste time sorry <laughs> just waste time guys yeah. um so that you can not waste time wondering or thinking oh no i'm not good at this but to just see it as fact and then get on with the world mm. yeah um 
Yeah. If you define your own worth, then nobody can steal it from you. Yes. Like that's the creative tension I think that we all face. Absolutely. Is that we put our work out there and the inevitability of any creative um, practice, creative life, putting our work out there is rejection after rejection after rejection yes. through auditions or through um, publishing or through whatever it might be, constant, yeah. constant rejection. So if we, before we put ourselves out there, do exactly what you're saying, journaling and working through how can we define our own worth Yes. and owning that, owning I am interesting, yes. not all this other stuff. Then someone comes and says, that was average. Yeah. You know, because you've defined yourself so well and so concretely that you can come back to that and say, no, that's not what it like. I am interesting. And that person that's there at like, they may not be able to engage with my story and that's totally fine as well because they're totally. a different whatever wavelength to me. Yeah. But it doesn't have to crush you or it doesn't have to take away your own worthiness. Absolutely. And I think it's the difference between separating and really putting that comment into perspective. If you're not checking in with yourself regularly um, and doing that personal kind of practice, then um, what this person s- says, you can, I mean, they've just said, oh, didn't love that performance, then you can take that to be like, I'm a terrible actor. I should leave. No, no, he's just said he didn't love that performance. And so really like letting it be just what it was. One person's opinion on one night. How harsh are we on ourselves? Like that, (sighs) and especially I think within, because it's, because the, the immediacy, like you were saying before, of theatre work or when you've got an audience right there, yeah, it's both beautiful, mm. but it also means people come up to you straight away and like, that was interesting. Yes. Well, that was really nice. And well, again, was... you can see it in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get it. They didn't connect. Yeah. But in that moment to be able to do exactly as you're, as you're saying, to not put your worth on that person's response is crucial absolutely absolutely and and guys what a shame like oh man what a shame to take those perspectives um out of perspective Mm. (laughs) um to take those opinions out of perspective because where then the world will be losing your artistry the world will be losing your storytelling Mm. if you let those voices um, define you in the way that they shouldn't. Yeah, it's one person's opinion. But man, it is such a lifelong um, it challenge. It really it's is. Such, yeah. And it's an everyday challenge. Yeah. Um, and and every I think, gig challenge and every show challenge. Totally. Yeah. And to not go the other way as well, thinking that you're just like the bee's knees and that you're going to like because there is a deep there's deep loss in that as well yeah yeah. i think always seeing yourself as a co-creator um with the with the other actors of course but also with the circumstances with the director and with the audience as well if you see yourself as a co-creator it takes the attention off you and and it's something that we are creating together that will never be again like that's theater that's the beauty of theater oh it's so good it truly is the beauty of theater and so much of the creative work we do is we are creating a moment even for like the writers who write something and then it takes a year to get published and get out there into the Mm. world and there's that year-long separation and you've moved on still i think for a writer to own that as as a reader is sitting there with their book a year two years three years after the the author has finished it yeah it's it's not a it's not the immediate moment like a stage performance is it's mm. it's separated but it still has it is still a magical sacred beautiful moment oh, of absolutely. of author and and um and reader Reader. co-creating together because Ah. the reader brings who they are and their little story and all they're going through into like i think of all the books that i read where i just am weeping reading Mm. the words that this person has written and those words were written so long ago yes but we writers you writers who are listening to this who don't have that immediacy know absolutely know in your bones that 
every person who reads your work over the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, who the hell knows, Mm. as they read it, you are co-creating this beautiful, incredible creative moment with them. Totally. Mm. And the beauty of being able to, like the reader is doing that in increments. And so they're able to reflect intentionally on on the book but Mm. also like just what is simmering away subconsciously um between reads Mm. like that's that's a beautiful thing and i think also you like your life informs the book and the book informs your life Mm. and for a little while there yeah you're it's it's like it's like what your favorite podcast. You kind of feel like you're friends with yeah. the the host, yeah. and then if you were to ever meet them, it'd be kind of offensive to realize they have no idea who you are. <laughs> yes, it totally yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> um, to finish off, we're going to head into land. I love, I really love that in in the creative process in your creative practice. In the creative process where you hit your wall of fear, you then translated that wall of fear into the very creative piece that you were writing mm. that became about fear. Mm. Like you didn't you you went through the process and you didn't back away from the fear, from the the energy of the fear. Like mm. this is when we begin, I think, to realize that our emotions that our feelings that are that those things coming up in us they have energy and yeah. and we can either ignore that energy mm. we can block that energy out yeah but i wonder if it is the creative's job to dive into that energy yeah even not to let fear dictate your life and all that kind of thing but to dive into it in a way that is able to hold it and say i i see you fear like i see i see you in my life and i'm not going to ignore you i'm going to name you and give you a name (laughs) barry Hey Barry. Hey Barry. <laughs> um, Barry's my father-in-law. I don't know why that maybe that hey, was Barry. A Freudian slip. No, it wasn't. Um, to be able to name this reality for ourselves and dive into it and actually use that energy in a positive way, like we can use the shadow side parts of ourselves to bring such beautiful creative empathetic work out into the world if we're willing to not run away from it but actually to lean into the uncomfortable to face Uh. that we talk about this so much in in the deep place to face and turn into to face the monster and say yes today what's your name absolutely Mm. absolutely it has so much to say and i think what was funny is that I wrote that paragraph about fear on the day that I was I, that I landed in Tasmania for my first um, TV series that I started working on. Mm. And honestly, I drove from Sydney to Melbourne, and at some point during that 11-hour drive, I just started saying out loud, "I am so scared." I am so scared and I just repeated it and it felt so good and therapeutic. And then, so then the next day I, um, the ferry, um, docks and I drive three hours and I, and I'm so scared. I'm, I'm about to live in a state, um, for two months, not knowing anybody to do my first TV series. I feel like a fraud and I'm driving to my home that I have no idea what it's going to be like. And I wrote that paragraph during those three hours um, because I was driving further into my fear. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and all like what was left was to just be specific around what I'm experiencing mm. to not, uh, to not be like, no, no, you're okay, Grace. You're okay. I wasn't okay and that's a beautiful thing. Mm. That's a beautiful thing. It's okay to not be okay. And so to hold it closely, to respect it, because anyone would find that scary. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a beautiful thing. And I think I feel really proud of that paragraph because it felt it felt so honest. I just feel so proud of you for you <laughs> facing these fears over the last six months. 
the the fears that I have brought into your life through saying, <laughs> come and do this with me, Grace, do these things, do these things. Um, Which has been amazing. And the fear of you coming, going to Tasmania and doing, doing this work, putting mm. yourself out there just again and again and again. The creative life is is facing fear. Let's right. let's be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's all be creative. <sighs> it's it's but I like I wouldn't trade that experience for mm. the world. Like mm. being able to live through, like to just. To do it. I did it. I faced yeah. a fear of mine. There's so many more fears to go. Yeah. But I faced it and it's... I w- yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. And the final thing to say, because you faced that fear in your creativity... It gives you exactly what you need to face all the different fears in your life. Mm. Like when we are, when we face the fear in our creativity, when we, um, when we lose the ego in our creativity, when we do all these things in our creativity, it then transposes into the the macro reality of our lives. Mm. Um, and so, listeners, maybe maybe that's our takeaway. Like, it's always good to have a takeaway for this. Mm. Um, to 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 kind of name what's been coming up in you as you've listened to Grace chatting through fear. Mm. A lot of this about fear. What are your own fears around your creativity? Like, what's that wall of fear that you hit? And yes. how do you avoid once you hit that wall? Do you go into Netflix binging, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. What's your avoidance of it? How could you actually turn and look at it? And care for it and, and respect for it, for it. Like, yeah. and respect it. Like, if you're angry about something, like, the anger is there for a reason. How can you care for it? Like, how can you listen to it? Um and yeah and then see that play out yeah into the other things like take that idea of what you can do with your fear in your creative work Mm. and and then think what's bringing fear in your life at the moment i don't know when this podcast is being released but at the moment we're just coming out of the pandemic and we're just um the war in ukraine has Mm. been happening for about a month now and Um, there's so many things mm. to be fearful about, mm. about what life looks like from here as we go into to whatever's next. Um, friends, as you listen to this, whatever is fearful, whatever is bringing you fear in life, take that, that those ideas you're thinking and feeling around your creative fear and how to push past that and how not push past it, befriend that is what yes. we're saying. And then see what would that actually look like in your big life, <laughs> in, your, yeah. in your in your real life. I was going to say creativity is your real life, of course, but mm. in your relationships, yes, um, in in your work life, in your family life, in the things you are running from. Where are you running from, and how could you actually begin to befriend those things? Yes, um, absolutely, absolutely. Creativity is nothing but apprenticeship towards life. Grace, it's been so wonderful having you on the Deep Place podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of it. It has been such a joy. Thanks so much, Joel. Yay! <laughs>